Okay, so today is April the 14th, 2020, and Darren and I are in the book of First Kings, and we're going to read chapters 5 through 8. Okay, Darren. First Kings, chapter 5. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram had always been a friend of David. Then Solomon sent word to Hiram, saying, You know that David my father was unable to build a house for the name of the Lord his God, because of the wars which surrounded him, until the Lord put him under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. Behold, I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord spoke to David my father, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, he will build a house for my name. Now therefore command that they cut me cedars from Lebanon, and my servants will be with your servants, and I will give you wages for your servants according to all that you say. For you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. When Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord today, who has given to David a wise son over his great people. So Hiram sent word to Solomon, saying, I have heard the message which you have sent me. I will do what you desire concerning the cedar and cypress timber. My servants will bring them down from Lebanon to the sea, and I will make them into rafts to go by sea to the place where you direct me, and I will have them broken up there, and you shall carry them away. Then you shall accomplish my desire by giving food to my household. So Hiram gave Solomon as much as he desired of the cedar and cypress timber. Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household, and 20 cores of beaten oil. Thus Solomon would give Hiram year by year. The Lord gave wisdom to Solomon, just as he had promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And the two of them made a covenant. Now King Solomon levied forced laborers from all Israel, and the forced laborers numbered 30,000 men. He sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in relays. They were in Lebanon a month and two months at home. And Adonarim was over the forced laborers. Now Solomon had 70,000 transporters and 80,000 hewers of stone in the mountains. Besides Solomon, Solomon's 3,300 chief deputies who were over the project and who ruled over the people who were doing the work. Then the king commanded, and they quarried the great stones, costly stones, to lay the foundations of the house with cut stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the Gabalites cut them and prepared the timbers and the stones to build the house. Now it came about in the in the 480th year after the sons of Israel came out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month of Ziv which is the second month that he began to build the house of the Lord. As for the house which King Solomon built for the Lord its length was 60 cubits and its width was 20 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. The porch in the front, in front of the uh, nave 
of the house was 20 cubits in length. Corresponding to the width of the house and its depth along the front of the house was 10 cubits. Also for the house he made windows with artistic frames. Against the wall of the house he built stories, encompassing the walls of the house around both the nave and the inner sanctuary. Thus he made side chambers all around. The lowest story was five cubits wide, and the middle was six cubits wide, and the third was seven cubits wide. For on the outside he made offsets in the wall of the house all around in order that the beams would not be inserted in the walls of the house. The house, while it was being built, was built of stone prepared at the quarry, and there was neither hammer nor axe nor iron tool heard in the house while it was being built. The doorway for the lowest side chamber was on the right side of the house, and they would go up by winding stairs to the middle story, and from the middle of the third, or to the third. So he built the house and finished it, and he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. He also built the stories against the whole house, each five cubits high, and they were fastened to the house with timbers of cedar. Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning his house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and execute my ordinances and keep all my commandments by walking in them, then I will carry out my word with you which I spoke to David your father. I will dwell among the sons of Israel, and I will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. Then he built the walls of the house on the on the inside with boards of cedar from the floor of the house to the ceiling. He overlaid the walls on the inside with wood, and he overlaid the floor of the house with boards of cypress. He built twenty cubits on the rear part of the house with boards of cedar from the floor to the ceiling. He built them for, uh, for, uh, for it on the inside as an inner sanctuary, even as the most holy place. The house that is the uh, that is the nave in front of the inner sanctuary was 40 cubits long. There was cedar on the house within, carved in the shape of gourds and open flowers. All was cedar. There was no stone seen. Then he prepared an inner sanctuary within the house in order to place the, there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits in length, 20 cubits in width, and 20 cubits in height. And he overlaid it with pure gold. He also overlaid the altar with cedar. So Solomon over, overlaid the inside of the house with pure gold, and he drew chains of gold across the front and inner sanctuary. And he overlaid it with gold. He overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. Also the whole altar, which was by the inner sanctuary, he overlaid with gold. Also in the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. Five cubits was the one wing of the cherub, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the end of one wing to the end of the other wing were ten cubits. The other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubim were of the same measure and the same form. The height of the one cherub was ten cubits, and so was the other cherub. He placed the cherubim in the midst of the inner house, and the wings of the cherubim were spread out so that the wing of the one was touching the one wall.
and the wing of the other cherub was touching the other wall, so their wings were touching each other in the center of the house. He also overlaid the cherubim with gold. Then he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved engravings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. Inner and outer sanctuaries he overlaid the floor of the house with gold. Inner and outer sanctuaries for the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood, the lintel, and five-sided doorposts. He made two doors of olive wood, and he carved on them carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold. And he spread the gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. So also he made for the entrance of the nave uh, four-sided doorposts of olive wood and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of the one door turned on pivots, and the and the and the two leaves of the other door turned on pivots. He carved on it cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and he overlaid them with gold, evenly applied on the engraved work. He built the inner court with three rows of cut stone and a row of cedar beams. In the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, in the month of Bul, each is the eighteenth or the eighth month of the house was finished throughout all its parts and according to all its plans. So he was seven years in building it. Pause. Okay, first Kings chapter seven. Now Solomon was building his own house thirteen years and he finished all his house. He built the house of the forest of Lebanon. Its length was 100 cubits and its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits on four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams on the pillars. Uh, it was paneled with cedar above the side chambers which were on the 45 pillars, 15 in each row. There were artistic uh, window frames with three rows of and a window with three rows and window was opposite uh, window in three ranks. All the doorways and the doorposts had squared artistic frames, and and window was opposite window in three ranks. Then he made the hall of pillars. Its length was 50 cubits, and its width was 30 cubits. And a porch was in front of them, and pillars and a threshold in the in front of them. And he made the hall of the throne, where he was to judge the hall of judgment, and it was paneled with cedar from floor to the uh, floor. His house, where he was to live, the other court inward from the hall, was of the same work, uh, workmanship. He also made a house like his hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom Solomon had married. All these were of costly stones, of stone cut according to measure, sawed with its saws inside and out, even from the foundation uh, to the coping, and so on the outside to the great court. The foundation was of costly stones, even large stones of ten cubits, and stones of eight cubits, and above were and above were costly stones, stone cut according to the measure and cedar. So the great court all around had three rows of cut stone and a row of cedar beams, even as the inner court of the house of the Lord and the porch of the house. 
Now King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of, of Tyre, a worker in bronze, and he was filled with wisdom and understanding and skill for doing any uh, work in bronze. So he came to King Solomon and performed all his work. He fashioned the two pillars of bronze, eighteen cubits was the height of one pillar, and a line of twelve cubits measured the circumference of both. He also made two capitals of molten bronze to set on top of the pillars. The height of the one capital was five cubits, and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were nets of network and twisted threads of chain work. For the capitals which were on the top of the pillars, seven for one capital and seven for the other capital. So he made the pillars in two rows around the one network uh, to cover the capitals which were on the top of the pomegranates. And so he did for the other capital. The capitals which were on the top of the pillars in the porch were of, of lily design, four cubits. There were capitals on the two pillars, even above and, and close to the rounded projection which was beside the network and the pomegranates, numbered 200 in rows around both capitals. Thus he set up the pillars at the porch of the nave, and he set up the right pillar and named it Jachin. And he set up the left pillar and named it Boaz. On the top of the pillars was, a, was lily design, so the work of the pillars was finished. Now he made the sea of cast metal ten cubits from brim to brim, circular in form, and its height was five cubits and thirty cubits in circumference. Under its brim, gourds around encircling it, ten to a cubit, completely surrounding the sea. The gourds were in two rows cast with the rest. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. And the sea was set on top of them, and all their, uh, all their rear parts turned inward. It was a hand breadth thick, and its brim was made like the brim of a cup, as a lily blossom. It could hold two thousand babs. Then he made the ten stands of bronze. The length of each stand was four cubits, and its width four cubits, and its height three cubits. This was the, was the design of the stands. They had borders, even borders between the frames. And on the borders which were between the frames were lions, oxen, and cherubim. And all the frames there was a pedestal. On the frames, I'm, I'm sorry. On the frames there was a pedestal above the, and beneath the lions. And oxen were, re were wreaths of hanging work. Now each stand had four bronze wheels with bronze axles, and its four feet had supports beneath the basin, were cast, uh, were, were cast supports with wreaths at each side. Its opening inside the crown at the top was a cubit, and its opening was round like the design of a pedestal, a cubit and a half. And also on its opening there were engravings, and their borders were square, not round. The four wheels were underneath the borders, and the axles of the wheels were on the stand, and the height of a wheel was a cubit and a half. The workmanship of the wheels 
was like the workmanship of a chariot wheel. Their axles, their rims, their spokes, and their hubs were all cast. Now there were four supports at the four corners of each stand. Its supports were part of a stand itself. On the top of the stand, there was a circular form half a cubit high, and on the top of the stand, it stays, uh, its stays and its borders were part of it. He engraved on the plates of its stays and on the, its borders cherubim, lions, and palm trees, according to the clear space on each of the wreaths all around. He made ten stands like this. All of them had one casting, one measure, and one form. He made ten basins of bronze. One basin held forty baths. Each basin was four cubits, and on each of the ten stands was one basin. Then he set the stands, five on the right side of the house and five on the left side of the house, and he set the sea of cast metal on the right side of the house, eastward toward the south. Now Hiram made the basins and the shovels and the bowls. So Hiram finished doing all the work which he performed for King Solomon in the house of the Lord. The two pillars and the two bowls of the capitals, which were on the top of the two pillars, and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the capitals, which were on top of the pillars, and the 400 pomegranates for the two networks, two rows of pomegranates for each work to cover the two bowls of the capitals, which were on the tops of the pillars, and the ten stands with the ten basins on the stands, and the one sea and the twelve oxen under the sea, and the pails and the shovels and the bowls, even all these utensils which you uh, which Hiram made for King Solomon in the house of the Lord were of polished bronze. In the plain of the Jordan, the king cast them in, in the clay ground between Succoth and Zarethan. Solomon left all the utensils unweighed because they were too many. The weight of the bronze could not be ascertained. Solomon made all the furniture which was in the house of the Lord, the golden altar, the golden table, on which was the bread of the presence, and the lampstands, five on the right side and five on the left, in front of the inner sanctuary of pure gold, and the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the cups and the snuffers and the bowls and the spoons, and the firepans of pure gold, and the hinges both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house that is of the nave of gold. Thus all the work that King Solomon performed in the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things dedicated, dedicated by his father David, the silver and the gold and the utensils, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 8. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the fathers' households of the sons of Israel to King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from the city of David, which is Zion. All the men of Israel assembled themselves to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. 
Then all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. They brought up the ark of the Lord, and the tent of meeting, and all the holy utensils which were in the tent, and the priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled to him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the house, to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim made a covering over the ark and its poles from above. But the poles were so long that the ends of the poles could not could be seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen outside. They are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the sons of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. It happened that when the priests came from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick cloud. I have surely built you a lofty house, a place for your dwelling forever. Then the king faced about and blessed all the assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. He said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to my father David and has fulfilled it with his hand, saying, Since the day that I brought my people from Egypt, I did not choose a city. My people Israel from Egypt. I did not choose a city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of of my father David to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, Because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son who will be born to you, he will build the house for my name. Um, Now the Lord has fulfilled his word, which he spoke, for I have risen in place of my father, David, and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have set a place for the ark in which is the covenant of the Lord which he made with our fathers when he brought them from the land of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. He said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth beneath, keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants to walk before you with all their heart who have kept your, uh, kept your servant, my father David, that which you have promised him. Indeed, you have spoken with your mouth and have fulfilled it with your hand as it is to this day. Now therefore, O Lord, the God of Israel, keep your servant David, my father, that which you have promised him, saying you shall not lack a man to sit on the throne of Israel. 
If only your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me as you have walked. Now therefore, O God of Israel, let your word, I pray, be confirmed which you have spoken to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, you much you much less his house which I have built. I've got to wipe my eyes. My eyes are watering because I'm... Uh... Okay, we had to pause a little bit because I was emotional and my eyes were watering. <laughs> so I couldn't see the words. Continuing on 1 Kings chapter 8, uh, verse... 28. Yet yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his supplication. O Lord my God, to listen to the cry and to the prayer which your servant prays for you today, that uh, before you today, that your eyes may be open toward this house night and day, towards the place which you have said, My name shall be there to listen to the prayer which your servant shall pray toward this place. Listen to the supplication your servant and of your people Israel. When they pray toward this place, here in heaven your dwelling place, hear and forgive. If a man sins against his neighbor and is made to take an oath, and he comes and takes an oath before your altar in this house, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servants condemning the wicked by bringing his way on his own head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, if they turn to you again and confess your name and pray and make supplication to you in this house, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land which you gave to their fathers. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, and they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin, when you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and of your people Israel indeed. Teach them the good way in which they should walk. And send rain on your land which you you have given your people for an inheritance. If there is famine in the land, if there is pestilence, If there is blight or mildew, locust or grasshopper, if their enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer or supplication is made by any man or by all your people, Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and spreading his hands toward this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and render to each according to all his ways whose heart you know. For you know, you alone know, that the hearts of all the sons of men, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land which you have given to our fathers. Also concerning the foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, when he comes from a far country for your name's sake, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and of your outstretched arm, When he comes and prays towards his house, here in heaven your dwelling place, and do according to all for which is the foreigner, uh, for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name, to fear you as I do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have built is called by your name. 
When your people go out to battle against their enemy by whatever way, you shall send them and they pray to the Lord toward the city which you have chosen and the house which I have built for your name. Then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin, and you are angry with them and deliver them to an enemy so that they take them away captive to the land of enemy far off or near. If they take thought in the land they've been taken captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of those who have taken them captive, saying, We have sinned and have committed iniquity. We have acted wickedly. If they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who have taken them captive and pray to you toward their land which you have given to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and the house which I have built for your name. Then hear their prayer and their supplication in heaven, your dwelling place, and maintain their cause. And forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions which they have transgressed against you, and make them objects of compassion before those who have taken them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they are your people and your inheritance which you have brought forth from Egypt from the midst of the iron furnace, that your eyes may be open to supplication of your servant and to the supplication of your people Israel to listen to them whenever they call to you. For you have separated them from all the peoples of the earth as your inheritance, as you spoke through Moses your servant when you brought our fathers forth from Egypt, O Lord God. When Solomon had finished praying this entire prayer, the supplication to the Lord, he arose before the altar of the Lord from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread toward heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed, all his good promise which he promised through Moses, his servant. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes, his ordinances and his ordinances, which he commanded our fathers. And may these words of mine, with which I have made supplication before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel, as each day requires, so that all the peoples of the, of the earth May, the, may know the Lord is God. There is no one else. Let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to the Lord, our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at, as at this day. Now the king of all, now the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. Uh, Solomon offered for sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered to the Lord 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the sons of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. On the same day the king consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, because there he burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat of the peace offerings for the bronze altar. 
that was before the Lord was too small to hold the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat of the peace offerings. So Solomon observed the feast at that time and all Israel with him, a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt before the Lord our God for seven days and seven more days, even fourteen days. On the eighth day he sent the people away and they blessed the king. Then they went to their tents joyful and glad of heart for all goodness that the Lord had shown David, his servant, and to Israel, his people. Thank you, Darren.